0: is the bad reputation podcast subscribe to us on itunes on your smartphone or tablet featuring the most up-to-date reputation management social media and entrepreneurial information on the web be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram at todd collins official and now the host of bad reputation the reputation Rockstar, todd F-ing collins In three, two, one.
1: Hey guys, welcome back. Um, I was, you know, we had a lot of guys lately, which was kind of irritating me. I started looking at the, the podcast episodes and I'm looking down through there and I'm seeing all these dudes and I'm going, man, like I need to find like a strong, powerful, beautiful woman to have on the show. And immediately, one person's name came to mind, and that's Jen Schiff. Two Welcome. Times.
2: Thank you. Great to be here.
1: So, no yeah, thank you. No. So, Jen, um, I, I met Jen, like, but, uh, quite honestly, it was like kind of like via like social media, just like how I meet majority of the people that I meet. And uh, she had me come out and, and talk to her team. And we before that, we, we just kind of like hit it off, like we had the same like, funny, like go-getter, like attitude stuff. And it's very, sometimes hard for me not to relate to someone else if they don't have that same type of personality or mindset or anything else like that. But like immediately Jen and I, like it just hit it off. Like I know, like if we were in elementary school together, like, and we were in the same class, we would have been like straight up homies. It's not even like, we're probably different people now. But we would have been friends, I guarantee it, like 100%. Like, so we
2: both would have been in the principal's office,
1: huh? 100%. Not, even, you go. not, <laughs> okay, for not sure. even a question. Um, but it's it, it's interesting to me because I, I've seen a couple different aspects of you, right? Like I've seen like the goofy you, the fun you, this, that, and everything else. But I've also seen like, you You know, I mean, you're a client of mine, right? But at the end of the day, I've seen you in the boardroom and I'm like, damn, like she's she knows what's up. And so it's cool to see those different aspects of people, right? Because a lot of people on social media see maybe you and I being like goofy and funny and this, that, and everything else. But then when we hit the boardroom, we surprise a lot of people and they're like, wow, these people actually know what the hell they're talking about too, which is interesting. So you Unique. yeah, exactly. And one of the things that I said in in when we were at at your seminar was multi, multi multipreneur. And that's something that like you kind of have done. But I, I want to go back to like just like the beginnings, right? So like you're from the Maryland area originally, right?
2: Yeah. So I'm originally from the Maryland area. When I was in high school, I moved down to South Florida. So spent high school in South Florida, came back up to Maryland, back and down a bunch of times. Uh, a lot of college was down in South Florida. And then I resettled back up here, I want to say in like 2007. So you came back in 2007.
1: Was that, were, like, was it, were you a military family? Was it
2: No, um, my father had moved down to South Florida. My parents had been separated since I was about three years old. They had a little stint where they got back together. Um, And my father actually passed away in 2000, I was 16 years old. So it was 2001, I believe. Um, So just a lot of change, a lot of different family dynamics. My mom had come home a lot earlier. I was still enjoying life, so I couldn't get away from Florida. I was chasing boys. I was chasing parties. I was chasing fun, chasing anything that would probably keep me away from grieving that death just at an adolescent time. Sure. Um, and so it was just a lot of back and forth for a lot of years. What finally brought me back was um, Michael Schiff, my husband. He was living up here. Uh, I had ran into him and we had made friends. My mom had met someone up here. So uh, my stepbrother is actually the person who introduced us. So we knew each other. I always had a crush. I told him the day I met him, I knew he was the man I was gonna marry. And then four years later, we just happened to intersect in the street. And um, I was living in Florida and he had just come back up here from Gainesville. And so we did a long distance relationship for a little over like two years. And I was cocktail waitressing that there. So that's where I got my first rise to fame and learned how to talk to people. Um, And it was just time to grow up, right? And so I wanted to be able to explore the relationship in a full-time type of way. Um, I was done cocktail waitressing and ready to kind of do what was next for me, like in just life in general. So I came back here in 2007 and just really rerouted myself and and started that next journey.
1: Yeah, and see, that's that's what I like to pull out of people when – when I have people on, so many of us don't share a lot of things about our past, right? I'm I'm a big proponent on that. I share it all. Um, I was just with my parents today, right? But at the end of the day, I you know I was I was sitting there in we were in Renner's classroom for three hours, and I'm this is going to be in response to what you were talking about. We were in Renner's classroom for three hours. Now the way that my brain works and is wired, I can't I don't I I never liked school from the get go but I can't sit in any classroom, whether it's a kindergarten classroom or a high school or college classroom for more than maybe 15 minutes. So I've, I've, people are emailing me and they're text messaging me, you know what this lifestyle is like, it's constant, right? So I'm sitting there, my dad's sitting next to me, 78 years old, and Renner's in front of me at the table and he's drawing and he's working. And I'm on the phone like checking my emails and he nudges me and he goes, these are the times uh, that you need to be paying attention to this. He's like these don't come back he's like you can always email that person back right and i go yeah you're right so 44 gonna be 41 years old 70 year old man sitting next to me son sitting in front of me he's telling me and passing that knowledge well, i go going to put the phone down right so i think his parents sometimes you know uh and and the way that we grew up in the past that we had it does mold us but we're still learning but one of the interesting facts is most people didn't know that about you, right? About you, about your dad, about the moving and things of that, things of that nature. They just see the you, gen now. But the reason we talk about these types of things is because somebody listening might, might, that might be younger than you or older than, than you, it doesn't matter, has gone through or is going through the exact same thing right now and how you got out of that, right? And got into the situation that you're in now is what's going to help that person that's listening to this episode right now. So, Dad passes away. Sorry for that, by the way.
2: Thank you. you
1: uh, your path crosses Mike, right? And he's, and you know, he's like, uh, we we know a little bit about Mike's past, right? But we know that he also, you know, went. Uh, he was in military school, right? Yeah. Hell of a football player. I mean, was doing a lot, of, doing a lot of big stuff. Um, you finish the cocktail waitress thing. You come back here. Then, what, then what's going on? Because you guys have been in the long, long-distance relationship for a really long time. You guys are together. Do you, is, that, is the next step the marriage thing?
2: I wish. Um, oh, okay. Right. Now I can say, yeah. here we go. Yeah, no. I mean, there's a ton of in-between, even in-between, like, my father passing away and Michael. Um, you know, I think one of the big things about my life in general is it has been a series of um, – either fail forwards uh, devastations heartaches you know i've spent a lot of time putting myself in positions where i've hurt myself um, and in turn i've hurt others right? Never intentionally, like intentionality is a really big thing for me, right? I always feel like I'm doing like the best I possibly can with what I have available in the moment. Um, And when you're making the decisions in life, you think you're making decisions based on whatever perspectives you have available to you. Um, Often you're missing a lot of perspectives that if you would have known them, you would have acted differently, right? However, the reason they call it a mistake is because if you knew you were making it, it wouldn't be a mistake. It would be an intentional you know, wrongdoing, right? And I think that there's a really big difference between people who always have like the best at heart and the best at mind and just have to learn really, really hard lessons, uh, sometimes harder than others in order to become who they may intend to be. Right. I think that's really the journey. Um, when I was a cocktail waitress, if you would have asked anybody that I would have been a VP of ops for multiple companies over the last four years or have a multi-million dollar real estate team or a real estate entrepreneur with multiple businesses or even just have the opportunity to impact lives, which is probably the thing I'm most um, passionate about and really where I'm able to make the most impact in my businesses and in life today, you know, no one would ever believe that. Um, Yet what I truly am is I'm a compilation of every failure, every mistake, everything that happened to me, everything that I caused to others. Um, And I think the beautiful thing about the way I live my life is that I just wake up as a new creation every day. And I'm committed to taking whatever I learned the day before and the days prior and showing up as a new person, right? Um, Not everyone does that. And that's really one of the greatest things that have caused me to be able to keep going, to keep growing, and to just be able to pour that back onto others, because it's really not about what I achieve. It's going to be about what other people around me. And even with my daughter, I learned that it's really not what I do in life, but it's how I grow somebody else, you know, and she's the ultimate example of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's funny, because, and, you know, going into the parenting thing, which is kind of interesting, is um, they're all different, right? Like, it's, it's, we have four. And there's like the two boys, you know, um, they are 100%. They've got m- the fire in their belly for me. There's no question, right? Like there's there, the, I can't sit still thing. Like I, right. I mean, that doesn't come from Nicole. That comes from me. Right. And then the girls are like sitting, whatever it's like, I mean, and it's like, I, I see, and, but they're all different types of people. So they all have to be parented differently and that's one of the things I learned about having like multiple kids as, as far as like some of my, some of my friends have like one child. And so like, they're stuck in this, like one way of parenting and like, we've got a lot. So we parent them all differently because they're all different types of personalities, just like you and I, right? I I love that you said just previously that the most, the the, the most important part that you kind of have put forth is the passion that you have for helping other people that I feel like. You get to do that because of everything that you've grown from a business and financial side gives you the ability to be able to do these other things. Kind of the same thing with me, right? Like I can do these other things because I built this business. So that's what I want to talk about too, because there's a lot of girls out there, a lot of young ladies out there that are, and I'm seeing a lot that are, I mean, I mean, very, very focused, very, very strong, very hardworking. I say this, I mean, you can go back into multiple episodes, guys. A majority of, of the people that work for our agency are women. And that that's by design. It's because they're more organized. They get shit done. They can find better ways to do it. Their intuition is way better from a standpoint of dealing with a client. It's They're just better at what we do. So that's what I hire. Now I have a couple guys, but typically I have to handhold them. I don't have to handhold the, the young ladies. So my question to you is, you and Mike, you guys graduated from college you do all these other things. What, what what triggered your mind after the cocktail waitress thing? Where you're like, okay, now now I'm going to go and I'm I'm just I'm not going to work for somebody else. I'm just going to do it on my own.
2: Yeah, so it was a progression. Um, I worked for other people first. So when I came back here, Michael was like a single agent, right? He had gotten started in his career when we started like officially long distance dating at 21. So he had been in real estate. Um, I actually went and got the like kitchen and bath certified. So I became like a kitchen and bath designer and I was working for a contractor for a while. Uh, then I got my first opportunity to take, um, I was just going to say a commercial job, a corporate job, excuse me. Um, and so there was this big global organization and I got introduced to it and they decided that I was going to be an amazing salesperson. Now going from amazing cocktail waitress to amazing salesperson, um, you learn a lot of lessons. Uh, just so everyone knows that sometimes we make mistakes in life when we're young. My first corporate job on the first day of my role, I got a little bit too intoxicated at a social party and I ended up biting my boss's neck. (laughs) So, ladies, we can get anywhere if we learn the lesson. Right. Um, and like that was my first experience of being in a corporate world. Now, of course, the person believed in me, which was crazy. Right. The fact that I even got a second opportunity was insane. And the thing that, about me is, is like I truly learned the lesson. Right, like there's very few times in my life where I have made the same mistake multiple times, and if there is a second time that I make it, by the third time I'm like really clear on what needs to be done differently, and so that was like the first point where I really had to like look at who I was being as an individual. Like I'd never done that before. I had never had any experience in like being anything except for what I thought I woke up as. Right? I didn't have any training and understand mindset. I didn't have training in realizing that you have to be a different person to be a different way in life. I certainly didn't understand. corporate setting, being in a cocktail bar for like five years, right? And growing up, my father owned jazz clubs, right? My parents always partied, right? It was always the life of the event that was really what I had grown into. And so this was the first time where I was like, okay, it's time to like, take things like really seriously and make my mark. Now I'm still a really young girl, right? So I'm in my early 20s all male driven. There was not a single woman around me. Um, And I was just really committed at that point that I realized like, wow, this is not who we're going to be anymore. Like I was going to show them that I could literally outshine everything that they did. And I did that. So I rose to the top of the company. I was 165% of goal. I was making a ton of money. I was literally just slaying the world inside of it. Um, and then one day I got a phone call and they said to me, hey, we're just shutting down this division and the global corporation's going in another direction. So there I was. Um, and you know, I was slaying life. I'd really started to come into my way as a professional. Imagine that from day one. Um, and now it was kind of time to decide what was next. So Michael had started really getting on me about helping him in real estate for a long time. And I didn't want to work with him. I didn't want to share money with him. I didn't want to watch him be back in the day. He would be like up till one o'clock in the morning, throwing his laptop against the wall because he had just uploaded 30 pictures and the technology would break. So he'd have to start over. I'm like, I don't want this life, right? I'm not interested in it. Um, so I really fought it probably for a year, year and a half. And at that point, uh, we got invited to a real estate conference out in California for those Keller Williams fans. Um, it was a family reunion. It was my birthday. He was like, Please come to a real estate conference. I said, It's my birthday. I'm not going to a real estate conference. And he was like, Anything. Your birthday anything, month. Anything. It's your I'm birthday, like, month, I Jen. birthday month, Birthday month birthday month which is true I was like I want to go to Laguna I want to go to Disneyland I want this I want this I want this okay I'll go so he promised me everything just so I would get on that airplane. Um, I went with him, we were in that room for like 10 minutes, Gary Keller was up on stage, and all of a sudden I started hearing people talking about a business model, and talking about ways that people were succeeding, and these systems that they were doing, and the way that they were running businesses, and I like looked over at Michael and I was like, I can do every single thing that these people are saying, I'm coming into real estate, I'm quitting everything and we're starting a business. Now, uh, that was a huge change, right? He had been working on that for so long. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I'm all in, typical Jen. Um, And so that began the journey. You know, it took about six months for me to convince him to leave his current broker, Right? He was very worried about that. He was afraid his business would go backwards, like every natural fear somebody has in making change. Sure, sure. Um, and I just promised him that like, I would do everything that I needed to do to make sure that it worked, and we would go nowhere, ba- nowhere backwards, only forwards. Um, and that's what we did, right? So in October of 2011, we formed the real estate team. Um, He was about a $12 million single producer that first year, and we grew the business 650% in four years and got to about $70 million and 35 units a year consistently for a few years up there until we took on the next journey.
1: Was he a real estate agent? I'm, I'm, I'm always curious about this. Was he a real estate agent during 2008 or was he still in school then?
2: No, that's when he started. So he started when everything started to crash. So, so is that
1: around the time when he was
2: like a, on the laptop? Yeah, he was a few months in his heyday, and then he literally just ran the wave. Now, he started in the investment space, so it was a great place to be because cash was king in that time, and so he just got in some really good relationships. Um, the first mentor that gave him a chance, Vito Simone, was really heavy inside that world, so it gave him a huge opportunity to really understand what investment business was. Um, And for the first several years inside of our team, we were about 70% to 30% like retail to investment business. And now we're flipped. So now we're about 70% retail and we do 30% of investment business. Because a lot of things have changed over those years. No, and I
1: think that's great. I think that, I think him being in the business during that time, if if anything, it helped him because uh, worst case scenario, right? If, when and if we ever face something like that, similar to that again, that he knows how to navigate those waters. I talk about that a lot because you know, a lot of us, I mean, I started a business in 2008 too and we, and we, we started the business in 2008 and wrote it through. But interestingly enough, um, a lot of people are like, God, yeah, it was so bad and this, that, and everything else. And I'm like, man, if anything, I feel like it was kind of like a blessing because we, were, we had to figure out, we had to figure out a way to make it work just like, you know, our great grandparents or some of our grandparents had to fit during the depression. They had to, look, you just had to figure it out. And um, so I think everybody's a little bit more, especially entrepreneurs now, I think we're a little bit more careful about where we're putting our eggs, you know, even in the fat times, because in my opinion, we're in a fat time right now. You know what I mean? I think think 2020 is going to be a real, some people are saying no, but I'm saying I think 2020 is going to be a badass year. I think it's going to be phenomenal. That's yeah. my call on it. Um, I've been betting on it. Yeah, and I don't think that we're going to see, I don't, I personally don't. I think that a lot of those guys are like, you know, they're, they're, they're fear mongers and stuff. Um, I, I don't think we're going to ever really see, uh, we might in our lifetime when we're much, much older, see something similar to what happened in 2008. But I think things have adjusted and I think we have people in the right place to be able to make the right decisions from a financial standpoint um, of where we are now. However, one of the things that I find interesting is that you guys were not married yet at that point. Is that right? We were, were married.
2: So we, married, we got married on 10 10 10. Okay. And so we you were married. in business October 2011.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. You, you who excelled in sales, by the way, you were a, a cock, being a cocktail waitress is sales alone, right? That is
2: sales. I still hold the record. It's a national bar. And like three years ago, I still know people that work there. I still had the highest grossing sales like 10 years after not being there. I was a machine in sales back then. Yeah, I mean, so and just, so no you know so matter many, what, you can transfer that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, since you know so many people there, they should be signed up for restaurantreputations.com. They um, But if you have not visited, I'm just joking. At the end of the day, you were the pusher going, dude, let's do this entrepreneurial thing. Like you were like the, you, you had it, right? Because I believe that sales is, is, if you can sell, dude, you can do anything. Like that'll put you in the best entrepreneurial seat ever. If you can sell, then you're good right? So you drove it, you pushed him, you guys did it. Was there any concern whatsoever? You guys are married. You see each other at home. You're going to see each other at the office. Was there any concern there on that side? And I know Mike's the easygoing guy. You could just be like, Hey Mike, walk out the door down the steps. He's like, all right, cool, man. Like he's just that guy. You, I know you are a driver. You're a hammer, dude. You're like me. You're the hammer.
2: Velvet hammer.
1: Uh, that's right. Was there any was there any concern there from your standpoint or Mike's standpoint?
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, okay. you know, I didn't want to get in business with him for a really long time because of all those concerns, right? I wanted independence financially. I wanted independence in time. I wanted independence in decision. Um, and yet what I realized is that like what we wanted in our lives was far greater than anything my independence was going to give me. and I knew that together, especially then, right, um, it's been a long journey, but back then when we first started, you know we were already spending a bunch of time together. you know I was helping him a lot of in his business. I was very um, novice in my leadership journey. I think, which is a really big thing, sure. right? So over these last nine years, my growth in that space has just been tremendous. So I didn't know what I didn't know, right? Um, yet I knew that like I could get results because that's what I've been learned to do my entire life, and it's, yeah. everything's figure outable, right? So like that's oh. the thing. When you talk about that, it's that like most people stop where I just won't right? My tenacity is just beyond measure. And when people say it can't be done, when people tell me no, they've researched it, it's a no, or the TV, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Like, I just don't stop until the point that it reaches impossibility. And it's very rare that things can't be done if you're creative, right? And if you have a mindset in which you're willing to look at things from all different vantage points in order to get the result you want. You know, it's funny, because a lot of people um, who are close to me in my life always say that they wish they were like me, because I don't, care what other people think. And they think that because it's not that I don't care what other people think, it's that I care more about what I want and what my people want that I'm willing to take a stand. And most people just stop because they're afraid that the person's going to get angry at them when they ask the third time for something they keep telling them no. Or they don't even ask at all. I mean, if I could tell anybody on this call the way to change their life tomorrow is start being unreasonable ask for everything that you could possibly think of in your head that you think may or may not be possible. And when people tell you no, ask it seven more ways until you get to the yes, right? Like it's very few times in my life where I haven't been able to create what it is that we desired. And it's not out of a lack of care for what other people think, but it's truly the passion and the desire to get the result at all costs. And a lot of times we win. And if we don't win, we learn because we don't lose, right? So it's either you win or learn.
1: If you saw my quote, my quote yesterday, I think it was, it's similar to what Jen just said, but can I, can I just, I want to ask you all something right now. Is there, do you understand why I love this woman? <laughs> <laughs> everything that she said is, is everything that I beat into your fucking heads every single day. So let me explain to you. If you want to get close to me, right, that. The way that she the way that she just verbalized everything, the way her thought process, her mentality, everything that she has, it's it's right there with me. So you, you you I like I hope you guys are listening to this and understanding that it's not just me that thinks like this. And so when you stack up all these successful people that are doing things right and you can be, the measure of success is 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 based on yourself, what you think success is is what your measure of success is. But you start seeing that all these people start, are thinking exactly the same way, and then you're not thinking that way. all of a sudden you start going, "Oh shit, maybe I need to start thinking that way." Um, something that you said there, I really want Maddie, if you grab this quote if you can, um, figure out, figure out ability.
2: Everything is figure outable.
1: Everything is figure outable. Please grab that. She's going to see that pop up on Instagram.'ll be badass. Hey, I love it. I love, I I love everything that you just said. I think you hit the nail on the head. There's no question about it. Um, The, 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 those people actually executing on that, on that thought process is, is the rarity. um, And that's what you see. And, and I, one of the first things that I always say when I walk into a room, when I talk and I, and I even said it in front of your people, I said, look, everything that I talk about right now, you know, 1% of you are going to walk away with, I'm going to teach you guys. I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to teach you how to do it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that and do that. And I fulfill on it and I do it. Um, and then 1% of them actually do it. And it, that is the only part that drives me bananas.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, when we first came into Keller Williams, Keller Williams is a training and education, now a technology company, right? Right. Oh, yeah. And so I used to make a joke with people that I would spend a Harvard tuition every year on KW education and they would say, well, Jen, like, how are you guys growing so fast? How are you doing all this? And I never actually sold. Right. So I went straight into leadership. I went into straight into operations. I had my license. So I was a licensed real estate agent, but I always went on to the business side of it. And all I ever told people is like, I just go to the classes and I actually execute something that I learned. Yes. Sometimes it's one thing at the very little at the very least a lot of times it's three or five things right it just depends where i am yet i just keep executing i always make the joke that i make messy look good right because i am super messy because we are always moving so fast mm-hmm. we're never stagnant we're always iterating and now you know we're talking about the real estate team yet through those years we now have multiple businesses um over the last 4 years i was in different vp of operations roles so i stepped more out of the real estate team and into real estate expansion and real estate property tech, which as of two weeks ago have stopped. So there's a lot of lessons there, but that's where the last four years of my life have been spent. So I'm always growing businesses. I'm always executing. And it's just really picking up whatever you have the control to take action on today. Um, And it's really habit formation. Like people can call life anything they want to call life and they can call results, anything they want to call results. If all of it is built in habit formation, whether it's how you read or how you spend your time or what you do when you're in the office or what you do to plan what you're gonna do the week, it's all habit formation. And I love the fact that, you know, so many people are in this relationship with time and time blocking and how are you gonna get this done? And it's so much white noise You know, I actually came up with it this week. I'm super excited about it in my business. It's like, let's work on action blocks, right? I had not put a word to it, yet I've been performing that way in a really long time. You know, I look at my priorities, I see what actions need to be taken, and I put action blocks. I don't put time blocks, because time blocks, I'm gonna skip over it. I'm just gonna let every distraction in the world, my phone, my texts, my friends, people I work for, the people who need me. Yet, if I'm in an action block, like, I won't let anyone mess with me because I'm taking action and we need results, right? So I think that's like a really powerful way for people to look at just how they spend their time and when they're trying to achieve something greater than mediocre, right? Because mediocre, you can get away with anything. You can time block a little, you can read a little, you can hang out with people a little. But to get like massive results, you need massive action consistently over and over. And a lot of it is failure. You just need to fail fast enough that you can learn a lesson to do the next best thing. If you're winning all the time, you're not playing a big enough game.
1: Yeah, I, 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 agree, I agree with you 100%. Because... That, and I, that's why I believe that, that sharing the failures, like when you, when you post up, like, man, it sucks, dude, I lost a client. Like, like, here's the funniest thing. If you guys want to know something interesting about us, like in December, typically, like not usually like, um, uh, outside of the restaurant industry, but like, oh, actually, yes. Outside of the restaurant industry, our churn is not very high in December, right? Or November, December. But traditionally, I already know that November and December are churn months for us, right? In the restaurant industry. It'll be a restaurant that'll come back and be like, oh, you know, with, they're looking at their PL, they're meeting with their accountants. What is that?
2: He said, he said, can you see? He, he said, said I, I was delusional. And I nearly fell off, off my unicorn. Yeah, that's great. There you go. That's what you get.
1: <laughs> But right. And so like, I, I love when people are like, oh, we're doing so good. And it's like, like dude, I, look at, I looked at our, our churn over the last 90 days, which is actually not bad, but- I, or my expectation is already like, I know that we're going to lose clients going through this. And it's typically, believe it or not, like six months later, we get them back because they're like, Hey, you know, we're all for bad months. We need somebody back at it, you know? But um, it's the acceptance of going, dude, you're not going to be perfect all the time. Like that's, it's, it's just never going to happen. You're going to lose clients. The best agencies in the world out there lose clients. The best real estate agents out there lose a client. I mean, it just, it just happens all the time. It's kind of like getting into, what I find interesting is this, is that you, you own a real estate brokerage or company. Team, yeah. Team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You've never sold a house?
2: I've never sold a house myself.
1: Which I think is fucking awesome.
2: And yet I teach selling houses all day long. Successfully. <laughs> Which
1: totally makes sense.
2: Yeah.
1: Successfully. But mm-hmm. you, instead you were like, dude, I don't want to sell fucking houses. But I want to learn so much about the business that I can, I can create and operate this side. And I see, I love that because what you did is you found, you found your niche in that market and, and found the, the, where you wanted to kind of create your domain in the business and carved it out there, which I find, do you get blowback from other real estate agents that are like, dude, she's got a list, she never sold a freaking house. Like what the fuck? Like, or do you just like, dude, look at my husband. Like basically I sell that shit. He just puts his name on it.
2: Haters gonna hate, um, everybody, everybody has something to say. <laughs> I don't listen, right? So I guess it depends on the day, it depends on the person, it depends on the perspective. Like I just live my life doing what I know is right. I live my life taking care of the people that are around me, the people that love me, the people that care about me. And what I'm really sure of is there are a lot of opinions out there and that is something I don't care about, right? I just do it for us.
1: 100% and I can tell you it's, it. most of the time we don't even hear those opinions, right? Most of the time, those opinions are are said behind our back. The people that that, most of those people don't have the guts to even say it to your face, right? Like, I know people talk shit about me, and I'm like, people (laughs) talk shit all the
2: time. I always say, like, I'm not intimidating, they're intimidated, right? Like, there's a difference, right? So, if people want to judge, and if people want to, instead of taking their own actions and generate their own success and make their own mark, they want to judge how other people are doing it. I mean, that's all good with me. I'm just going to wake up every day, like I said, and be the best version of myself from what I learned the day before. And if I do that, and I take care of my life, and I take care of my family, like I'm happy on the inside.
1: I think it's a super smart model that you built out. I think what you did is you you, you centered it on what your it, the the um what you could bring to the table from a standpoint where your strengths were going to be and where Mike's strengths were going to be, and then how yeah. to and then you were basically taking care of everything from an, the interior business standpoint. And what I like is that, that you, you targeted your strengths. Like you didn't go, you didn't like go and go, Hey, look, I want to go sell houses. I'm going to get my real estate. License. I'm going to sell houses. You were like, I'm going to get my real estate license, obviously. So I can be, you can be a partner and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, you were like, my strengths are here operations, you know, building, this is, this is what I do. The expansion, you know, um, different avenues of passive or passive incomes for the business, things of that nature. Like you, you knew that and I love that you tapped into your strengths instead of you know running after something that you wanted to learn that was new. Let's get into the to the to the multipreneur kind of thing because so you got a taste of this mm-hmm. and you were like this is cool. And then you're just like me, like you're like squirrel, and then you just go and see something else. You're like, I gotta do that. And then at the end of the day, you're looking at your calendar and going, you were saying action blocks. Yeah, you're at your calendar, like, a, dude, what the fuck did I get myself into? Right. Like. <laughs> So talk to me about that. So you're in the team, Mike, you guys are building it out. That's kind of, you know, that's running and it's going well. What happened with the next stuff? Like all these other things kind of came in your way.
2: Yeah. So uh, the first thing that spawned from the real estate team was our staging business, right? So it was 2012 and in 2012, there were almost no stagers. There were two, um, both staged much more traditionally, right? Than what we were looking for at that point, we were, you know, probably putting up about hundred flips a year resale and people wanted something fresh. They wanted clean, they wanted new, they didn't want old. Um, So we saw that niche. Um, Even the stagers that we were working with, they just couldn't keep up with the volume that we were listing at. And so um, we had one client who came to us and they said, hey, like, I just actually want to buy my own furniture. And Michael's like, well, my wife has like a good design eye, like she can help, yada, yada. So he was like, hey, Jen, can you like take this guy's credit card and go buy some furniture and furnish his house? And I'm like, oh, sure. And so um, I did it. The household in three days. It was really a lot of fun. And um, my sister in law, so Michael's brother's wife had been working in medical supplies. She was always super passionate about design and fashion and home and just loved it. And I was like, okay, well, there's a business opportunity here. So she had been talking to me for a long time about wanting to do something different in her life than what she was currently doing. And I remember making the call and I said, hey, let's make our dreams come true. Let's open a staging business, right? And the rest was history. So from that year on, I think the first year we staged about 120 houses. On average, we staged about 200 houses a year. Um, I staged with her for the first couple years and in 2014 I moved to, there was just too much going on in the businesses. I started taking other roles. Um, so I moved into more of a passive investor role with her um, where she really took on the business full throttle. she does all the staging independently and we're still moving today. So that's how that spawned. Um, that- and it's interesting because it was really cool because then we started our staging business and I actually had the opportunity to, um, at least be a little smart part, if not inspiration, but really even strategy to a lot of the businesses that we see out there today.
1: I, I, it's awesome. Is that Ashley?
2: That's Ashley. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. All right.
1: So Ashley follows me on Instagram. So now I know, okay, I know. What- now you can
2: put her together. Yep. So yep. that's our staging diva, uh, AJ Designs.
1: That's crazy. And so you guys do that. You do that for a bunch of real estate agents too, yeah?
2: Yeah, yeah. So the company services real estate agents all across the Maryland, DC. We do a little bit of Virginia, but mostly the Baltimore metro area primarily.
1: Amazing. Yeah. So cocktail waitress, salesperson, forces husband to take a risk, entrepreneur.
2: Yeah.
1: Gre- decides to start another business, pulls somebody out of their job. <laughs> Makes them take a risk, builds the business. Says, "I got some other stuff I got to do." Hands business off. So you, so that's two people right there that you've helped create for them. So then let's move on to. Okay, so you boost out of that. You're back into the real estate company. My assumption is the way that your brain works and my brain works. You're doing your you're doing your job, and all of a sudden you see another.
2: Yeah, opportunity. I do the same thing again.
1: Okay, so now what?
2: So then we start, uh, we realize that there's just a huge opportunity to get more into like development. Like we want to have hold and flip strategies. Like we want to start doing a little bit of real estate investing ourselves. You know, we spent so many years helping other people build wealth through real estate while we were focusing on transactional income. Mm -hmm. And what we realized is, is while we're helping everyone else build future wealth, and we're starting to build a family, and we want a future, like what better way should we be building wealth and through investment strategies as well, right? And at the time, I had a bigger vision for what it may turn into fruition of, yet it still exists today. So at that point, what we did is, we were ready to start a hold and flip development, contracting business, and go off to the races there. So at that point, I then got our next family member who was looking for something different in their life. And that was Michael's uh, stepfather, Moses Glazer. And we had him go get his MHIC. So he became a licensed contractor, and we started flipping houses and buying flips and started uh, Marvel Development. And so now we have the development business, which at that point we were in partnership with somebody who was on our team that we're no longer in business with. So the iteration of that business has changed a little bit yet. We still hold a portfolio where we own 20 rentals. Um, for those first couple of years, we flipped about 25 flips a year. And now we just have steadied it out a little where we're doing just a handful of year, uh, a handful a year, and it's a much smaller business. Yeah, Moses still has the same HIC. It created a, another stream of income and really a new future for him. And uh, we spawned the business out of there as well. So,
1: so that was were- the next one yeah that's crazy so and so you you have operation you have rentals that are operating currently right now
2: yeah we have a portfolio of 20 rentals
1: what's it like to be a landlord of 20 rental properties
2: oh you'll have to ask my leverage moses glazer i have him operate all aspects of that business business. but i hear it's pretty shitty When he starts complaining, I start to tune out.
1: <laughs> I can only imagine because I had a couple rental properties before my whole like divorce thing and everything else like that. And I can tell you that um, I hired a management team to, to make sure that they took care of it. And that was, that was, I, I did it first one myself. I realized that's not the way to go. Um, hired a management team um, just because of the way that I operate. I, I was tired of getting the phone calls um, and it worked well, but I can tell you it, it's not that, that job and that business is not for everyone. You got to have tough skin. Um, yes. You obviously pick the right partner to handle that, but what again? These are all interesting things because what I find is is that you're coming up with the idea, you're 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 funding the idea, you're creating the idea, and then you're finding someone that can fulfill the operational standpoint, and then you move off. And but yet now you've created now you've created three income rev, uh, avenues, which is which is the proper way. By the way, guys multiple diversified
2: streams. income
1: thank you yeah. diversified income or multiple streams of revenue coming in is how you build wealth just so everybody knows that's how you when when you want to talk about like you dumb it down words like get rich that's how you do it you create multiple streams right so one's good one may be down the other two are going to supplement the other one and things of that nature so i would have, just
2: add to that right just sure, for go ahead who... please you know, is passionate about potentially building multiple income streams, the key to that is really leverage, right? And how do you create multiple passive income streams, right? Right. Like if I had to be the person day in and day out, number one in all of those businesses, we're not getting very far, right? Right. Yet if I can have the vision, the support, like be able to teach, lead, right? Help execute and allow other people to flourish in an opportunity and where it can be passive income streams for us and really life-changing for them, like that's the win-win.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the true definition of passive income because you hear, you hear, by the way, you hear that statement a lot nowadays, like passive income, it's passive income. Dude, passive income is where you got money coming in and you ain't doing shit basically. That's passive income. Um, and, and what Jen really just said is the same situation. She's, she's, she's putting herself in a position where she's coming up with the idea, she's putting someone in the place to do the fulfillment of the work and then she can move on to the next one and the next one and the next one to keep doing these things. So you get a, you got now you have these, this 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 triad of business going on. Is there a next one? Because oh, now you're man. you gotta be you gotta be feeling lucky. You gotta be like, dude, I got this shit. Ring, run it, run it again,
2: right? Well, then I got a, what I thought was smart and was the greatest lessons in my life. So you know, at that point, we have these three successful businesses running, and fortunately, they are financially doing extremely well. And I actually thought that I didn't want to do it alone anymore, right? I was like at the top by myself. I'm the one generating the ideas. I'm the one who's brainstorming on my own. And I thought that I was ready for something different. So in 2016, what I did is I decided to start going to work for other people. <laughs> that was fun. Um, now it's been quite a journey. So that was 2016 to just two weeks ago. Um, through that, I had two different job companies. I was a vice president of operations, so it was an executive leadership role in both of those organizations. Um, The first one in 2016 was Five Doors Expansion. And, you know, the time in my role, we did have the opportunity to, again, just execute and do things that had never really been done before in real estate. So we executed um, a beautifully messy pattern of scaling a thousand transactions to $350 million in volume in 12 months. So that was quite a ride. Um, And as I transitioned out of that role, I then took a vice president of ops position for a property tech startup. called Cribs that was really looking to go into the iBuyer, auction, uh, disintermediate the industry space. So at that point, what I started to realize is I thought that I was gonna now go search and seek significance in the industry by going and doing things that people hadn't done before, by taking my skill sets and these talents of execution and really helping make a difference far beyond this, at that point, I felt little world that I had created. Um, And so I went through a four year path of being in a male driven, Um, hyper-dominant environment in where, you know, I learned a ton of lessons of what it's like to like work with people, work through people. Um, I will say that uh, the time at Five Doors and at that time my mentor, Seth Campbell, he's probably taught me more about myself and who I am and understanding people and really just so many lessons that I, I would do it again and pay double for, yet I'm probably not gonna be working for anyone again for a really long time, right? And that's just because of you know, the experiences I have. At the end of the day, I think people, um, I posted something on Instagram the other day that said, uh, my love language is people uh, being person of their word, right? doing what they say. And yeah, I think I like that's it. a really big thing for me. And uh, it often doesn't happen, right? Yeah. Um, in startup, there's a lot of vision, right, that drives how people perform. Uh, There's a lot of promises for future that are made that aren't always executable or always realistic. Um, I was in a very highly male-driven environment in both of those positions, right? I've had the opportunity to sit at the boardroom of every major brokerage in North America, right? I had the opportunity to just experience, uh, you know, our VC angel was a billionaire, right, who had just sold Logic e-cigarette company. So, so many introductions into these worlds, into these people, and no matter how big or how high you climb that ladder, it's almost like the higher you climb, the less they truly care. Mm -hmm. And while people have the best intention, um, I rode a really long ride there and where like uh, careability, right, was not something that I often saw. And I had to learn that like, if I want admiration or I want to be told I do a good job or I want any of those things, like guess who it's coming from? Like me, right? right? And those are all amazing lessons, right? I'm happy to be able to experience what it's like to, you know, climb that ladder or be in those positions where you're leading organizations of hundreds of people or seeing the insides of how startup and things really do come to fruition. Um, at the end of the day, what I really realized is that, like, I just want to care about people, right? And, and I want people to care about me. And there were so many empty promises and so many, like everyone's a marketer, right? Like Mm -hmm. I learned so much about how people will say and do anything and sell you anything. And then when it comes time to be real, it just doesn't show up on the other side. And for me, I'm probably one of the realest people you'll ever meet, like good, bad, or ugly. I'm going to tell you how it is, right? I'm going to tell you straight up what's going on in my life, what I think is going on in your life, whether you ask me or not, I'm going to give it to you. Um, and I just want to be around people that want to be like that. And if no one else in the world wants to be like that, I just want to be like that for other people. And I don't want other people dictating what it is I do or how I do it because I'm very clear based on my past that when I spend my time and I spend my energy and I give my love the way that I know it's meant to be given, the results are far greater than seeking that love or significance from anybody else because it's always going to come from the inside. Those were
1: hard lessons. No, yeah, they are hard lessons. I can tell you that the, the, I, re, I remember seeing that post and it always pops into, when I saw the post, it popped into my head. I, 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 I've, I read the book, you know, Five Love Languages. I think it's an important book for any, for anybody to read, but specifically guys to read. Yeah. Um, because one, if you're in sales, just so you know, if you can figure out somebody's love language, in, and this isn't necessarily a romantic side of it, but if you can figure out somebody's love language, um, it can help you in many, many ways, especially if you're a leader. Right. So I know that it's important to me when somebody, if somebody says like, dude, you're doing a great job. Like, dude, I I don't care what anybody says. When somebody gives someone a compliment and says they're doing good, especially if that person's above them, um, that, that type of filling up the cup, that means I actually read the fucking book, by the way. Filling that cup up, by the way, can can last that person for the next three months. Um, so you, you please understand that I think everything that Jen just said. I, one of the things I want you guys to take away from it is this: is like, dude, go out and like compliment somebody that's like that maybe is is under you or even to you or maybe even higher to you, and just and just give them a compliment and watch their face immediately when you give that compliment to them, and watch how their mood may or may not change over the rest of that day, right?
0: because it's really day
1: to day. But at the end, at the end I, I, you know, we, we all talk about you know, how money's important and stuff. And that's where like, I get compared a lot to the Gary Vee thing. And Gary Vee says, hey, money's not important. I do disagree with that side. Uh, money is fucking important because having money gives you the ability to be able to go out and create and do the other things that you want to be able to do and do those things. Um, so I do believe that money is important. I believe that it, that it should be a priority in your life. Um, it gives you the, the ability of freedom. Um, I also believe in the hard work and things of that nature, but I also believe in also the caring side as well, which is why you don't see a lot of the, the posts on, on, on what I put out of being salesy. Same with Jen, right? Jen has a mul- multiple thing. Jen could all day post socially about all the things that her companies can do for you, and it, but she doesn't do that. She's like, you know what? My important thing to do today is to pass on this To see if this helps somebody else. So those are the things, by the way, guys, that you should be respecting about the people that are successful out there, and they're they're trying. They might not, they might not translate it or 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 put it out there in a way that makes sense to you. But in the reality, what they're doing is when, especially with quotes, like if Jen's quoting or I'm quoting or or anybody else out there that you see do this, the reason that they're doing that is because it's happened to them before. So their assumption is that this quote will catch someone who's going through it right now. And then it re- it's relatable and it makes sense and it might help that person. There's many people, I'm sure you get DMs about it too, where I get DM'd and I'm, they're like, man, this really helped me. Thanks so much for putting that out today. And I'm like, damn, dude, that filled my cup up, right? Because I'm like, I I built that quote off of that. And I'm sure when you put your quotes out, you get a lot of the same thing. Like, man, I really needed that today. And that fills me up too. So this particular launch, this business on the other side, like that, that side where you like, you went and for somebody else. You're just like, fuck that, man. I'm, I mean, you just weren't built for that. I mean, and I'm, I, I worked for other people for a very long time. And what I ended up realizing is that I could never, they gave a, very, a lot of people I worked for very, very good people, but I could never like, I could push, but I could never do ever a hundred percent what I wanted to do like if I came up with an idea from a creative side which we both have that ability I could never act on it because I would have to go ask approval and they might go eh, and they might not think the same way that I do so by that being the standpoint I can't act on it so now I have the ability to do that you have the ability to do that you basically said I'm done I'm not doing this I'm not I'm, I'm out right I'm free You're free. So now you're back to square, you're back to where, where, where you were before, where you're in control now. Right. And you're, and you're doing what you want to do. How has your stress levels been from that standpoint of realizing that that wasn't for you and then exiting that way?
2: Yeah. Well, so it actually wasn't by choice. So I wouldn't have naturally done it. I had far different plans for myself in 2020 that would came, um, again, sort of second time in my life, the company got everyone in the organization on a phone call and said, effective immediately, we have ran out of funding and your last day is tomorrow. So they shut down an entire organization. I had just gotten our first transaction closed after working on it for 11 months with them. And it was a very interesting time. So certainly my uh, attitude could have gone a lot of different ways in that moment that that happened. Um, however, I always like to choose gratitude. Um, And my perspective is always positive and I am a true believer in fate and I don't think that I'm running my show. So I really had been kind of teetering if whether it was the right place for me to be because really what I truly believe in myself is that I can create far better results independently when somebody is not, you know, holding me back from what I believe may be the thing to do. And I was just ready to run again. Right, And I felt that a lot of that was being held back. So I took it as a golden opportunity. Um, I kind of thought of the analogy yesterday It was funny. I feel like I'm like the hungry, hungry caterpillar where I'm this caterpillar and I went out and I ate my plums and I ate my cake and I ate my meat and my salami and I ate my strawberries. And now I like wanna go into my cocoon and come out a beautiful butterfly. Um, like that's really how I look at the last four years, just like all of the knowledge, the experiences, the people I had the opportunity to be in relationship with, with the rooms I got to sit in, just the exposure, you know, I've been in panels, I've done all sorts of different things that were experiences I would have never been able to have created on my own, right, um, if I would have just stayed running those three businesses, running my team. That wouldn't have happened. And yet now that I have all of that, my little caterpillar belly's full, I just want to like go into that cocoon and I just really want to go inward and focus on myself and focus on like making me my number one priority and making my job like my care and my health and the people who are around me and love me and that get a lot of benefit from just my energy and my guidance. Um, And so it's a very different time in my life where once upon a time, I would have done anything to seek that significance of something greater. And now I realize that the significance and the greatness is really just in what I can create inside and then pour back onto others. And that's, that's a big thing for me. Yeah,
1: I remember, um, you know, people coming and like speaking uh, at like the jobs that I had and things that nature when I was younger, I remember like watching them and going like, you know, how did they get to understand and learn all of those things. Like, how are they able to like explain it, you know, in that way and, and stand up in front of people and talk and things of that nature. And I just remember that. And I was like, I want to do that. And I start, I I pushed it a little bit when I was younger to like try. And then I go, I can't even speak. Like I remember all those people were either in their forties or like older. And I realized that like, you can't really, you don't really have the, Ability to really get gain respect and um, when you're talking in front of people, unless you, this is my true belief. Okay, if you put a 25 year old up on stage to talk about life, that doesn't make any sense to me. But if you put somebody up there that's 40 years old and can talk about zero to 40, I get it. Um, so, you know, when we talk about like life coaches and stuff like that, dude, I'm like, like you know. I get the life coach thing but how can you how can you talk or how can you have experience only 20 years in the game really 20 years in the life game 10 years maybe in this game so it's like when we talk about sales right like i'm do, like i'm like i got 25 years of sales experience all right like if you put me in a room with salespeople, and i was trained by some really really good guys um, some of them from the Pikesville and Owens Mills area. I'm not going to name their names, but I can tell you that some of these guys were, I mean, some of the best old school sales guys you're ever going to meet. At the end of the day, if you put them up in a room with 25 year olds that are learning to sell, they wouldn't be able to handle it or take it. Um, and so I, I just, I, I, I think one of the things that you stated where you were like, I want to be able now to kind of grow other people um, I think that's kind of also where I'm in my stage of my life, where I'm like trying to help kind of bring up, you know, like these, these youngsters. And, and I think we're lucky too, right? Because we got to grow up in, two, in our age demographic. We got to grow up in the old school way of doing business. We were trained by a lot of old school people. Um, I'm sure in your sales job, you were. And then we also are now visible to the new school of how we have to treat people, right? So one of the things that I noticed, because I'm at your office quite, quite a bit, by choice, by the way. Here's an interesting fact about me. Interesting fact. Jen has an internal marketing person. Her name's Julie. She does a great job. Um, uh, And by choice, I choose to come visit their office. Um, I mean, I've been there three times in the last month and a half. I choose to do that because I enjoy that atmosphere. That atmosphere is enjoyable for me. I like going there. I like being around these people. So I choose to do that. I don't have to do that they don't have the most highest plan of what we do right i have people that spend six figures with us a month and i maybe see them twice a year but i choose to put who i want to put myself around so it's 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 interesting that that um, we go kind of where we are now of what you're doing you now are like this leader in your in in your business whereas like mike uh, you know mike like it's interesting to me this is interesting cuz i'm gonna, you're going to get a second to talk here i'm sorry i'm like you're ranting
2: fine. It's but
1: so traditionally the way that we look at businesses, right? We'll look at like, especially with like a husband and wife kind of thing. You think, that the, you think that the husband, because of how we were brought, you think the guy's the boss. Okay. I want you to look at the picture on the back of her wall real quick. Okay. She's the boss. Because there's a couple of times where Mike will share things on social media and I'm seeing how he's acting and I know what the next situation's going to be, right? She's going to drop the fucking hammer. So. What I want to say to you is, I find your leadership style very interesting. I find it very dynamic and very different than what I'm seeing in a lot of other businesses. And I spend a lot of my time in a lot of other businesses and a lot of different verticals. I find yours very interesting. Your team respects the hell out of you. When you say something, they listen. How did you instill that? Into your team? Was it you picked the right people, you you set the right expectations up front? What is it?
2: I honor because that. That's something
1: that's thank important you. to know, I think, for a yeah. lot of the people listening.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, so it's a journey, right? I don't want to sit on here and let people think that like everything I do is just like so super awesome and I'm so super awesome. So I do it and magic happens. Although that is true, I do manifest magic on a daily basis. Um You know, it's really the lessons of what I did not do at one point and the people that I hurt and the trail of dead bodies I left behind me that really create the atmosphere and the life that we have today. Um, And like everything else, that's really been a journey. I mean, there was a time when I was working in five doors that I would pass my admin's office that I wasn't leading anymore because this massive expansion business was now taking everything over and I was working on bigger and better things. And I wouldn't even say hello to them. Like I literally would like pass by and I wouldn't say hello. And like, who was I being there, right? Like, and when I got aware of that, like just not even so in another bubble, right? Not even paying attention to like how much people just need you and need your love and need your energy. And then I experienced it through working for other people where like I wanted their love and I wanted their energy and I just wanted to be known that like, at least my effort mattered. And when I took a combination of the lessons that I learned where I wasn't that for people, right, or even salespeople, like through that journey of expansion, there were people that I grew into these phenomenal agents and then I basically stopped pouring into them because I had to pour into something else and, you know, I watched them decompress in a lot of different ways, right? So it was really me realizing what like doesn't work and what isn't okay and knowing that like in my heart all I ever wanna do is be able to give and love and impact and like do to others as I would want back done to myself. Um, And I just made a commitment to like our life. Right. And I made a commitment to the people around me that like I was going to make them feel as good as I could make them feel every single day. And I was going to create experiences for them. Right. Because I'm a really people say, what's your hobby? My hobby experiences. Right. So like whatever it is, whatever we're doing, we were just going to create new experiences every single day. And we were going to do things that people didn't do every single day. And I was going to listen to them and care about them and help them with their life. Right. And really help them with their mind. So what I do more than anything that causes, I would say, that respect or you see that people, you know, believe in me or if I say to do something, um, they often will at least listen to a certain extent. It's because they've built a trust with me that they really know that I care about their best interests and like I'm going to take a stand for them in their life the way that they don't take a stand for themselves. And as a leader, if you can learn how to care enough about people that you're gonna take a stand for them far beyond what they're taking the stand for today and help them rise into that stand for themselves, you know, they'll do anything for you. And really it's about doing things for themselves. That's what matters most to me.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's like what I'm seeing, right? Like. I... You guys you put the seminar on and then we we did the seminar and then you took them them for the the outing that they had where they got to kind of get out of their comfort zone and their own zip lines and they're doing this and then I come in the the next time and it's everybody's dressed up in Halloween costumes and and then the next time I come in you got them dancing and then the next time I come in you got them in a meeting room and you know Mike and uh, who was the other guy?
2: Who was it at the time? I don't know. There's always something. We were oh, they were they around,
1: oh, they were goofing around. You get
2: Oh, they were laughing. No, he was in trouble. He got he was in trouble. He was in trouble. Yes, That's he got sent out. to the principal's office that day. We were, uh, I was teaching something about listings. That's what we were doing.
1: And of course, that didn't work out so well for him, right?
2: No, no. Yeah, exactly. Right to the principal's office, he went.
1: Right. So... I, I, I love that. And if you guys, if, if you're a, here's something I want to point out. If you're, if you guys are real estate agents and you're not happy, if it's, if there's, if there's something that's going on in your, the brokerage that you're in and you're not, and, and that it, let's say that, that what I just explained to you, that sounds like something that makes a lot of sense to you and fits your personality. Then I recommend on, you know, in the podcast, uh, um, Description, you'll be able to see where you can follow Jen and things of that nature. I recommend you reach out to her because if you're thinking of, of having a, being in a different environment, um, that is probably a little bit more, uh, tight knit. I, cause it wouldn't fit me well at all. Um, I can tell you right now that that's a place that you, you might want to, uh, look into and maybe sit down and maybe talk to Jen and see if it might be the right fit for you. So if you're one of those real estate agents or if you're new and you want to get into it, it might be another good fit for you. Something very interesting uh, to check out because it's something that's different. It's, I, I, I'm in real estate brokerages all the time, okay? And I'm telling you that this is a different, it's a different environment. It's an environment that everybody seems to have a smile on their face every single time I walk in there. Everyone seems happy. There's, they're all very respectful. They all have a lot of fun. Um, who wouldn't want to work in a place like that? One of the interesting other interesting facts is that when we had our seminar, we got a lot of your people to kind of open themselves up and talk about some really great things and really great stories. And those stories are all for us, right? That were in that room that day. They're not for anybody else. Yeah, those people are, can share those stories if they want to share them on their own, but those stories for us were for us that day. And what I liked about it is it made a lot of really good friends from that standpoint too. Um,
2: I think the thing about it, right, um sure. that makes the organization special is we not only grow people's business, we grow people's souls. Yep. And like, that's really what the difference is. And while every single person who is in our team, whether they're with me today or they're not with me today, they would likely be lined up and they tell me all the time. So I believe it's true and say, you know, we have the opportunity to be the greatest impactor in their lives, whether it was in what they needed to grow into the real estate agent they are today with us or without us, or whether it was something that helped them just understand more of who they are. I am a self-awareness junkie. Right. So it's like whatever it is, whether I'm bringing you to it myself or whether I'm providing tools, it's all about filling our toolbox, right? So you come to me with an empty toolbox and if you're with me forever, or with you're with me for a year or six months or five years, your toolbox is going to be dramatically more filled than it was when you left. And you know, it's not about quadrupling people's businesses, which we happen to do this year, or having people double their income in a year, which we happen to do this year. We have people whose lives, right? Who can find love again, who can find life again, who can unprogram you know, abuse of your parents, right? Whatever it is that happened to us. Um, we just take a stand for who we are and the real estate becomes the counterpart of helping others in the community when we know that we're caring for ourselves first and foremost.
1: Yeah, that's why I made that tweet the other day where I was like, why does everybody keep holding up the goddamn sold sign? Like, why don't you put up a, why don't you hold up a sign that says help this person make their dreams come true or yeah. something like that, right? Like nobody's, like nobody's doing that. I'm like, I like somebody, call
2: myself a dream maker.
1: Yeah. I'm like, somebody please do that. Yeah. You Shift team, do it. Yeah. Right. Um, so i want to talk about the balance real quick um because i know you're super busy i want to take up too much more of your time um i want to talk about the balance you're a mom Mm -hmm. you're a wife you're a daughter you're a uh boss multiple bosses Mm -hmm. how in the hell do you balance all that
2: one step at a time um So, I mean, it's really, it's little things, right? So when we went back earlier in the uh, show when we were talking about just like habit formation, right? And my relationship with time and how I choose to do things. Uh, I don't watch any television, right? So there's a couple hours that I gain back every single day that most people lose. Um, I am a huge prioritization person. So I do it daily. I do it weekly, right? I plan every week, every Sunday, even if it's three o'clock in the morning before I'm going to sleep. Like I know what's happening my week ahead of time. Um, I'm really good at saying no when. So I will tell people no, and yet I will tell them when I can. Right, oh. and that's something that I learned very early. Um, a lot of times, people won't take advantage of that. Yet, I don't always want to just shut them down. I want to let them know that, like, it doesn't meet the priorities of what I know that I need to accomplish. And that no is probably one of the most powerful things that helps me stay in sync. Mm-hmm. Um, I also make sure that just in my habits and like what I'm doing that. Um, If I say I'm going to do something, like I'm going to do it at all costs. And so my minutes and how I spend my time are just the number one thing that has allowed me to have the flexibility to be a mother, a daughter, a wife, a business owner, a friend, and everything in between. Because I make sure I understand what's most important in every single relationship. And while I might not be able to hit every single thing that every person may want. I hit the things that are most meaningful, that are going to make most impact, that are going to cause the best emotional connection. And I do that, like, especially with my daughter, right? I have multiple businesses. I'm not a stay-at-home mom. I don't get to pick my daughter up every day from school, although I am today. So I do it as much as I can. Um, and, you know, I chose to have my mother really help us raise Nomi, right? So that I could continue to be able to do these things. And yet, like our life is about the quality of the time that we spent and not the quantity we spent together. So that means that when I'm with my daughter and I'm with my family, well, I'm not perfect because the whole presence and this thing takes over all the time. Like I really make sure that I'm creating experiences, right? And that we're making memories and that I'm giving her my time and my soul and my love. And so while well, it isn't always the amount of time you can spend with a loved one, whether your daughter, your mother, your husband, it's like, what are you doing with that time that actually makes a difference for people?
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys were just in uh, in Aruba, right? Yeah, I was able to follow along with that. Here, here's my question to you: Are you answer it honestly? Because I, I, I answer this question. Well, you're gonna fucking answer it honestly, anyway. That wasn't you. You're so so right in, in the face of people. You're just like me. You're like, yeah, fucking it is. This is what it feels like. Are you obsessed with work? Do you feel very comfortable in work? Just so orga- that organized and of two born. different
2: things, right? Yeah. Um, so what I'm obsessed with is living an abundant life and making right. every day the greatest, right? right? So like, there's my obsession. Um, I don't sacrifice much for anything. So like, as much as I am probably one of the hardest workers, my output is extraordinary. Like I can run circles around most people just with my natural energy. Um, I love to rest. I love to vacation, I love to sleep, I love to spa, I love to eat, I love to hang out. And like the way I live my life is that I will work and I will grind until I don't want to anymore. And the second I want to sleep, relax, hang out, play, vacation, sleep, whatever, it happens too. And so for me, I have like a life integration with work yeah. more than an obsession that keeps me separated from one thing or the other. To the other right yeah so, I like
1: that I like the the life integration thing because that and, and that's something that i'm'm I'm, I'm really trying to work on. that's that's something that I, I battle with uh, and the, that's the reason I asked you that question is because it's something that I battle with is that um, I I feel guilty if I'm not g- constantly working I don't know how to, else to explain that other than feeling guilt for it I, I'm not sure what else it would be. Um, but if I'm on vacation, it's very difficult for me. If a client calls me, it's very difficult for me to say, I'm on vacation. I will talk to you when I get back. I
2: can't do that. Um, well, in all fairness, get- right? So just to add to that, um, the lines are hard to draw. Yeah. And from 2011 to 2018, I while well, I vacationed all over all the time, I always vacationed and work. So that's what integration looks like for me. I'm like, I'm going to go sit on the beach and I'm going to like answer my email or I'm going to go to Europe and I'm going to get on Zoom when I need to. This year though, I actually took a stand for that. And it was the first year that I was able to take two vacations in which I almost did not work at all and that was like a really really big thing for me and that was kind of just the next progression where I told myself I earned it right so like if I and I don't tell myself I can't work like if there's an email I want to answer a text I want to answer or whatever it is I'm going to do it I really made the point to just take the time to like put me first and I know that you know my work is always going to be there I'm always going to do it there's not a single person on this planet who would ever question my work ethic or the fact that I get stuff done even if I took a month off right I'd probably come back more productive and do five times more than I had done before and I did I grinded for a lot of years I thought that that was a trophy I thought that by saying I worked 80 hours a week and I was available 24 7 and that bosses or my people or whoever could get me all the time what I realized is I wasn't teaching the right habits to others right and that's really what it became about for me it's like I'm okay being like this actually but it seems like others around me may not care being like this (laughs) yeah I know it's not and I don't want To create that, right? I want to be able to emulate a balance for people and where they can understand that you can work hard and get results. Yet like anybody on my team, anyone in my business, if you come and tell me you want to work two days a week, I can't wait to see how you're going to get 40 hours of work done in those two days. I'm not going to stop anybody from anything that they want to do with how they want to manage their time and how they want to integrate and take personal time. All I'm going to look for is the results. And that's really what the key is, working smarter, not harder. And that's our 2020 theme in our organization.
1: I think it's a great theme. And to be quite honest with you, that's kind of where I am too, um, is where uh, I, I, I have, I have personal, I have goals for, for people that work here and then I have personal goals for myself. Right. And I want to make sure that I hit those goals. We hit the, I hit those goals month in a month out I make sure that I get it done. Um, a little bit, obviously a little bit more difficult during the holiday times to get things done. We know, you know, we're, we're, we're in a situations. Don't affirm get- that. Huh?
2: Don't affirm that it's more difficult. I find it, I, I would say,
1: it's not more difficult for me, it's more difficult for other people to make time for me. Uh-huh. Uh, people for, choose
2: to spend less time with you over the holidays.
1: Correct, right, October, November, December, I'm like, let's go, let's, I mean, le- seriously, and this is the truth, and I'm not joking with you, and you can ask pretty much anybody around here, if my birthday's Christmas Eve, huh. if you were a client and you called me, right, and let's say you don't celebrate Christmas, and you called me and said, dude, I need you. Like, and it's super important. My family knows, dude, I'll go. And, I, and they're cool with it because yeah. they already know how I am.
2: To but I'm working.
1: yeah. And they love that about me. But they're work, I'm working on those types of things as well where I'm like, okay, when we go on vacation this year, I, you know, I'm putting the phone away when we're out. Yeah, when we're going, when we're doing putt putt, or when I'm right. on the beach with Renner or whatever. I'll
2: leave my home. I'll leave my phone like in the hotel room, right, for the day, and then I'll look at my emails when I come back after eight yeah, hours.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's also with growth of business too. I think that you know when you have people that you can put responsibilities on, they can handle it for you and stuff like that, and, and you know put that put the fires out. And that's one of the things I know for a fact that you do. And I know it's the it, when when things go bad, when things go bad, there's there's one person in your business that everyone goes that's the leader, by the way, the person that knows what to do in the situation to put the fire out and keep on trucking. And I, and I already know that that's you in that, in that business and I know it's me in here. So, um, it, and so it's always hard for us to kind of unplug that. I, I, I get it. Um, you know, as, I, I appreciate that balance there that you talked about, because I think that will help a lot of people um, from, from that, that in creating that, that balance in between both but also kind of recognizing, again, I think that comes with age too, where you kind of start realizing, you're like, eh, I'm not, not going to have so many more times where I'm going to be able to throw catch you know, with, with the kid um, or lay out on the beach and have a good discussion with a five-year-old and it'd be the best discussion you've had in six months with somebody. Um,
2: I think the badge of honor, if you look at 2020, as I used my little caterpillar to butterfly analogy, yeah, um, well, the badge of honor is going to be my best and healthiest self right? Yeah. And if you work 80 hours, but you feel like you are your best and healthiest self, then keep doing it, right? Yeah. And if you feel like you're sacrificing in relationships, you're sacrificing in like your health and your life and just putting you first, which is what I feel like I've done a little bit about over these last, you know, few years, then there's no better badge of honor than getting back to like who you are and like your healthy best self, because then you can be anything for anybody when like everything in here is good.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I couldn't have said it better. Actually, I don't think I can say it better. And talking is something that I'm really good at. As, as we kind of come towards you know the end here, um, there's a lot of things that a lot of people are going to take from this episode. Um, one of the things I, I really want people to take away is um, understanding not to rush the process and understand that a lot of the people that you see out in the social media sphere that you see doing really well and doing great things. Look, we all were the cocktail waitress. We were all the server at one point. We were all the bartender. We were all the, you know, the manure scooper. We all did that shit. We all did it. Right. But the mindset stayed the whole time. Right. And then, yeah, we thought we get, we were getting fat and we were getting good and we were doing really well. And then all of a sudden, that thing that Jen and I were kind of talking about, that, that greater good or whatever it is, comes down and goes, ah, 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 you got cocky. Yeah. I'm going to teach you a lesson. And they're going to do that. So just understand that, like, man, if you're in the 20-year-old process, you're a 20-year-old or you're a 25-year-old, you're a 30-year-old, like, dude, it is a long, long road. So just understand that you live multiple lifetimes. Jen's, Jen's If Jen could go back and talk to cocktail server Jen, Right, and Jen, we're trying to pass this information that she's spinning right now along to cocktail server Jen. Cocktail server Jen would tell her to go fuck herself. It's like, just like and then, Todd, um, right? And, right, exactly. And just like me, Todd at forty saying, "Hey, buddy, you know you should be doing this, this, and this," and you try to tell 22 year old Todd that, it ain't gonna happen. It doesn't sink in. So that's why I love these podcast episodes because. Yeah, You might listen to it at 25, but you might go back and listen to it at 35 and it'd make a lot more sense to you. Always end the show with two questions and six answers. I already know that these are going to be fucking fire answers. So now I'm really putting her on the spot.
2: (laughs) No pressure.
1: None. Zero. You handle pressure well, my darling. First question. You're going to give me three answers. Give me three things that motivate that you do or use to motivate others? Three tips.
2: Um, three tips to use I bring them to their North Star, right? What is the reason that you're actually doing what you wanna do? Um, I choose to be in business with people that I can motivate because you actually can't motivate the unmotivated because it all starts with your mind. Um, and I motivate people through self-awareness and understanding the reason that they may be who they are today and how they can become what they wanna to become tomorrow.
1: Love it. So positive changes, right?
2: Yeah. All positive mindset, impact. It's all in here. Do you,
1: do you, and before we go into the next question, do you have, do you feel like you have, um, I, I, I'm, I want to try to think of the word, uh, I, like an empath, like, like almost like an empath kind of, uh, insight into people. Do you?
2: It would uh, depend what personality of mine we're talking to over the day. <laughs> I'm honest, right? I said I'm yeah. always real, right? So yes, at times you could say that that is probably one of my greatest um, driving skills in that. And on other days you could think that there's, there's no impact in that girl at all. So. so from standpoint, like it's like
1: there is really no gray area, right? Like even you have bad days.
2: Yeah. I mean, in 20 minutes, I could be seven different people. So,
1: right.
2: you know, it just depends on like what's going on, where my energies are, what's triggering me, like what's going on in life. Right. But I'm just, all, I'm always me and I'm consistent. So if there's seven personalities, you'll see the seven over and over and over again.
1: <laughs> I'm, get, I get, I, I'm most positive. I've seen. At You've least probably seen that. a few in a meeting, right? Yeah. hundred percent. I was sad. Let me tell you a story before we get to that second question. So, so, Jen and I have like, I mean, we got this like playful relationship, right? Like, oh, you know, we'll, like tags and then Mike, don't you have nothing to worry about, brother? I'm just joking. The, we, we say we're like, we have a very fun relationship together. So, I'm sitting in the boardroom at, at their, their HQ, and Mike, Mike and I are there, Julie's there, we're all having a good conversation, and Jen comes in, right?
2: <laughs> the tornado
1: sits down, what's going on? And I'm like, damn, this, she is business. Right now, and she just goes like that, and I—that's when I realized I—I I, I went, "Yep, she's the captain. She's the driver of the ship." Now, most people would interject while she was talking. I did not. I let her get everything out that she needed to get out, and then I made sure that I was making note and 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 documenting exactly what she was saying to me, and then went back and answered each. Concerning question, and after that, you was fine. But that is that that's these this that's what pe- most people don't see in a lot of the people that you see when, you're, especially from a social media, state, you don't see that type. You don't see that person in that atmosphere. She's very comfortable in it. It's something that I I respect very highly of you. Um, when you mm-hmm. walked in the room and you sat down and you started speaking, uh, uh, you're very authoritative in the room, and I like that because I'm very used to being that alpha in the room. I'm not right. saying I felt like I had to pee on the carpet, but I'm just saying it was comfortable. It was comfortable for me. It's com- I'm very comfortable. That's what I
2: need people who are comfortable with alpha.
1: Very, very that comfortable. That is you come alpha. to me. <laughs> very, very, yes, no. And very, very comfortable with female alpha. I, I feel that, that, to me, that I have a lot more respect for that. Thank you. A lot more respect, especially nowadays. And like, and like I said at the beginning of the episode, in my personal opinion, uh, we need more of it. Um, and so, women like you that are currently out there, just like a lot of the women that I've had on these on, the, on my episodes, um, very very strong women, very very intelligent, very hardworking, uh, great role models for uh, some of the younger females that are in any industry. It doesn't matter what it is for them to be able to look at. Um, and you know, uh, blessed to be connected to them. Moving on to the second question, I was debating where I was going to go with this one. I'm scared. Cause I was thinking like social media tips, but like, dude, you're, you're, you're good. Like you, you don't, I mean, I don't really think, we always go the social media tip route. Here's what, here, here's what I would say. You're around real estate agents all day long.
2: Lucky me. Yeah.
1: Give me, give me three tips, three things that real estate agents now, you know what? Fuck the real estate agent shit. I'm staying away from it. Let's go entrepreneurs, man, because there's a lot of young entrepreneurs that listen to this show and I think they're going to get a lot more out of it than the, 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 the damn real estate agents that are going to listen to it, okay? Even though I got a lot of real estate agents that are friends, but most of them are entrepreneurs like yourself. Give me, give me three things as an entrepreneur uh, that you would avoid, that you could have avoided um, previously that would have maybe helped, not necessarily fast-tracked you, but three lessons that you learned as an entrepreneur uh, that you could maybe pass on to somebody that's a little bit younger than you and I um, obviously way younger than me, um, that could, uh, benefit them if they were listening to this episode?
2: So I consult, a, a youngin, so I'm going to pull some of the lessons that I have uh, worked from there. Um, no, just kidding. Um, but I would say that one lesson is like your relationship with money early on. Right. So, uh, there were a couple years there where like I gross, you know, seven figures and I don't have seven figures today, right? Because we just assumed that the money was always going to come and it was always going to flow. And we're still very fortunate, right? So we are very successful in what we do and It doesn't exactly look like the way it looked one day when I was fully in it, you know, many years ago. And we just treated money, you know, always as an energy. And as fast as it came, we spent it. So if I could give one lesson, I would say that as soon as an entrepreneur, as you start to make a little bit of money and you start to see success in your business, actually figure out how to take that money and put it to good use, right? Don't spend it. But like, how do you start building wealth? Like, how can you start finding small assets, big assets? How do you start talking to a financial advisor very early on? The idea of compound interest and the way that you can take a very little bit of money in your twenties—you can take forty thousand dollars in your twenties—and by the time you retire, be a multimillionaire if you know mm-hmm. where to put the money, right? Yep. So I would say one of the greatest lessons is, is: as soon as you start to make it, figure out the right person, the right places to put it, and how you can have your money actually build wealth versus just focusing on your entrepreneurial business making more money. That's
1: that, a big one. That's a gr- that that tip right there is. Yeah. That tip right there should be taught in fucking school.
2: Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. One of my other consulting clients is doing a uh, financial, I consult too, we didn't even talk about that, I have a consulting business, that was the last one. We'll we'll, Um, we'll
1: talk about that later.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so, but one of my other clients, um, they're doing a financial literacy program for like high school and college students to start to teach this because it is really a big passion project. So that's one. Um, The second one I would say is like, really pay attention to your relationship with time. People, um, you know, busyness is not productivity. And I see the busiest people in the world Getting very mediocre results because they're choosing to spend time doing things that actually don't matter. So the first place to go is to get in the healthiest relationship you can with priority, and really examine how you're choosing to spend your time and who you're choosing to spend it with, and is that going to get you closer to the result you're looking for? And if it's not, learn how to say no, mm-hmm. no when, right? Yeah. No when? Yeah. Can you help me move Wednesday? I'm not available Wednesday, but I can help you move next Tuesday. That- you didn't shut you didn't shut them down you didn't say no but you took a stand for what was important for you love it yeah and I would say the third thing as a young entrepreneur is like just never stop asking the questions. Everybody, I say things that people say all the time, God, that was in my head and I can't believe you said it out loud or I can't believe you asked that question or how come you didn't just leave them alone after the third time? Like I was saying in the beginning of it, you will have the greatest results in your life by taking every thought that you have and bringing that into communication with another person. And while communicating with the other person, watch the way you communicate them. Don't text something important don't email something important, like pick up the phone, get to face-to-face, have a communication, share energy with people. Write a letter. There you go. Energy is the greatest way that you can create a result in a relationship. And as a young entrepreneur wanting to get past mediocre and getting to a place of greatness in your business or whatever you want to choose for yourself, the communication, the question asking, be unreasonable in every single thing that you do and that unreasonable behavior is going to get you respect and it's going to get you probably what you want at the same time too.
1: Fire dude. So fire. The no when thing, I got something for you by the way. I'm going yeah, to send to you. I'm going to send to you a post. I'm going to make something for you that I think you'll like cuz okay. that no that no when thing could could be the most beneficial thing that's been talked about. On any of the episodes this entire year, this this podcast has been going on for two years. That no when thing, I'm gonna start using that because there's another tactic that other people used to use in sales. It would be other than, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Other than, like somebody says no, like no, 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 and you say other than. But the no when, dude, I love it. I love it. I was almost thinking about like title of this episode, but I'm not doing that. <gasps> it's not gonna be the title of this. I got a title of this episode. You're gonna you're gonna effing love it.
2: I love it. I can't right. wait. And the thing is, right, no one, every single thing that I've even shared with you guys today comes from a mentor. It comes from education. It comes from a class. It comes from a leader. It comes from experience, right? These things aren't self-created, right? My, I wasn't born with a mind full of all these different things. I just experience life to the fullest every day. And by those relationships and those abilities to connect with others, I learn. And then I love to learn and give that to others.
1: Jen, I appreciate it. Um, Real quick, because we, yeah. we didn't touch on the consulting business and I feel bad about that. Can, oh, you talk, it's okay. can you talk, can you talk, give me like two minutes about the consulting business? Cause you're working with these younger kids, which I find very, I love that. Um, I believe that that's, that's one of the best things you can do as an entrepreneur is work with younger entrepreneurs and, and, and teach them about your experiences. Can you talk to me about that for like the yes. next two minutes?
2: Sure. So for me, it's just a spectrum. Um, I work with young and I work with old and I work with everything in between. And I'm, I'm very selective of who I'm in relationship with. I don't market my consulting business. It's very a word of mouth, more of like request for um, support and like business growth is where it comes from. Yet, I think with the consulting business, what's really powerful about it is I get to do what I do in my business for other people. And, you know, help create vision, help create execution and help give people ways in which they want to succeed that they probably just aren't thinking of on their own. Love it. Yeah.
1: So just understand that if you are thinking about consulting, you can reach out to Jen, but odds are she's going to tell you no know when.
2: Uh-huh. Ha-ha! You want a career in real estate or you are just somebody in the real estate business who is looking to be part of a hyperdynamic group and you're growth oriented and focused in your business and your life. I definitely would love to talk to you because we are always growing our real estate team.
1: I agree with that. And, and I will tell you that this I'm not shitting you. Like it's a super, it's like, if if I were in the real estate business and I haven't said this like to anybody, but if I, and you, I told you this, right? First of all, if I got my real estate, real estate, uh, like the actual license, every real estate agent that's listening to this episode right now, you guys would be in deep, deep shit, like real deep shit. And whatever team I went to would be bad fucking ass, buddy. So I can tell you this, if I were going to go to a team, God forbid, this all crumbles. That is where I'm going, just so you guys know. Oh, uh, thank you, Todd.
2: That means that I'm
1: going. But I would show up there at your doorstep and I guarantee you would be like, oh shit, this is going to be awesome. So I can tell you, if you're thinking about the business, please get into it. If you're in a situation right now where you're just like, dude, this is not the right place for me, please reach out to these guys. I I I can't, I just can't explain to you how, how great it is to to be around them. It's a it's a really, really fun group. Um, where can everybody follow you?
2: So you can follow me on Instagram at Jen the Queen Schiff and woo, and I'm on Facebook under Jennifer Langshift. So you can find me either of those two places.
1: Love it. She needs to get on TikTok. She needs to get on LinkedIn more.
2: Yes, my greatest opportunity in business is social media presence. I do on I do now. But Thank that's
1: you. why she's talking. That's why she's talking to me.
2: Of course.
1: Big TC's got her, baby. She's going she's gonna to be a superstar in 2020, bud. You watch. she I
2: can't wait. She's can't not already, bad, a, guys. She
1: already is. She's just going to be more of a superstar.
2: Because to, to be quite We're honest with you. We're spreading the reach. you should be.
1: Yeah, you are spreading the reach. You should be. I, for some, whenever I look at you, I always think to myself, I'm like, gosh, she would be so funny on television. Like, she would be. Like, People I tell me I should it. have
2: my own show every single No time. question
1: about it. There's no, I mean no question about it. You should like, it would be absolute. You, if, if I could be in a room with you yelling at Mike, like I, I would love to see it. I would think that that would be the best reality TV in the world. And him just, cause I can tell you, like, there's not, a, <laughs> there's not a lot of people that can drive a little bit of fear in me for some reason. She's just got this thing where man, I'm like, I'm always kind of like, you know, <laughs> I, and, and I love it. And I love it. But um, go follow her on Instagram. Go follow her Facebook. She puts up really, really good stuff. Um, her, her stories are, are always really fun. They're always really good. Go follow the Shift Home team as well on Instagram and Facebook and wherever else they are. They, uh, Julie does a great job of managing their platforms um, and really sharing a lot. Again, guys, the, they, they do share the real estate stuff. Look, I understand you got to do that, right? It's part, of the, it's part of the game. But they share a lot of stuff where it comes down to entertaining and fun um, and, and they really get, um, kind of the, the language that I've, I've tried to beat into a lot of your heads is, of entertainment and, um, information and education. They really do a great job of that. Share thing. the
2: experience, um, not the sale.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and be sure to go follow that because, uh, Jen is, is one of those people and so is Mike. Um, and the, the entire team, to be quite honest with you, um, they really do get it. Um, and they, and they show it on a daily basis on all their, on all their profiles. Um, and this we uh, the, do it
2: without our team. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with you hundred percent. No one succeeds
1: alone. No, not at all. Jen, obviously it's not going to be the last time um, you're going to be on the show because I know that I, you know, I think there's always going to be topics that you and I could talk about um, year by year. You know, I, I think it's something where you, just, you come on once a year and we kind of shoot the shit and, 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 and talk more because as, as you and I age, unfortunately, you know, you're going to look a hell of a lot better than me in the next 20 years. Um, I, I think we also continue to learn.
2: Ah, of I think course. every
1: year we it can it, it's good for us to be able to give the ability to pass down some of the lessons that we learned year by year um, to, to help educate and uh, let these uh, these audio files live forever to maybe help bring up some other people that eventually will hear it. Uh, thank you again for being one I, it, it means so much to me you know I love you so much.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It truly was an honor and until next time yes ma'am. Bye.
0: This has been a todd collins official production in conjunction with platinum reputations be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram at todd collins Collins official or visit us at www.toddcollinsofficial.com want to be on the show or become a sponsor message us on facebook and tell us why